405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Well, you know how he comes running from, you know, from about the top of the key or, say, the foul line. He throws the ball first up against the cement wall and back of the backboard and comes running from the top, top uh, you know, by the foul line, times up his jump, goes up, grabs that ball in midair, and just crushes it, slams it down into the, rattles the rim, the whole backboard shaking. And I was like, wow. So DeMarco's standing just four feet from me. And I'm not allowed to talk to DeMarco because he's a junior. So I looked at Whitey, who was right next to him. I said, Whitey, I'm not allowed to talk to DeMarco. But you tell DeMarco he's got a scholarship at Oklahoma, and he can play any position he wants. (laughs) When you know, you know, right? And I said, anyone that can do that, I said, he can play multiple positions. And he was that kind of athlete, definitely. Love that. That's from uh, Coach Bob Stoops earlier in the show. Yeah, he saw DeMarco Murray throw it from behind the backboard off a concrete wall and catch it with one hand and dunk it, throw it down like that. Yeah, Bob Stoops said, uh, yeah, he's got a scholarship offer if he wants it. He can play wherever. And to be fair, Parker Thune, if I saw that, I probably would have offered DeMarco Murray as well. But that's that's one of the great recruiting stories uh, for Bob Stoops. Generally, Bob Stoops is a guy that knows talent when he sees it. And you don't have to look any further than his resume for evidence of that. Hey, guess what? I didn't do Locked In today, but we still get an hour together. I know. How about yeah, that? Yeah, you're doing the uh, noon to two, five to six shift. <laughs> That's totally normal, right? That is about as bizarre a schedule as I have had on these airwaves. I've had but three co are. I've had three co hosts today. Travis, Teddy, and then you. Dang. So it's been quite the assortment of uh, co hosts. Making the, for making me the today. whole circuit. So um, you know, Teddy and I were, were were talking after Bob said that. So you have that instance, right? Where it's like, okay, this kid's athletic and he can dunk like that. He can play whatever position he wants. Like wh- whatever. I'm on offer him a scholarship. Talked about Dan Cody. Um, just a physical freak of what he was in high school. We'll figure it out. We'll offer him. And there's some other instances as well. We're, we're just trying to think, is is Brent kind of on that same wavelength when it comes to recruiting? Because I didn't think that the previous staff was necessarily that way. At least the head coach wasn't that way. But I do think that there's some similarities in how Brent likes to go after kids like Taylor Wine, Taylor Heim, um, maybe some others in this class that are maybe similar to some of these stoop stories that we heard back in the day. Do you think that's kind of a fair assessment on how Brent likes to maybe recruit? Man, how often over the next few years are we going to get Taylor Wine and Taylor Heim confused? Well, how many times am I going to say Taylor Heim when I actually mean Taylor I hope Wine or they vice don't versa? play the same side of the ball. I mean, well, they probably that's, will. That's what that's I figure will happen. And they're both big, tall, burly white kids. So it might be hard to distinguish between them. One of them is going to have to be a single-digit number. The other one's going to have to be like 95 or something like that, (laughs) whatever. But make it easy on us, please. But no, I think, you know, when you look at Venable's recruiting philosophy and what he's tried to establish in his year plus as head coach at Oklahoma, I think you do see some of that. You see a lot of guys that were recruited as pure athletes and recruited not necessarily because – the staff had any particular designs on what position they would play, but just because they were good enough football players 
that they were the coaching staff could look at a guy like that and know okay when he gets here he's going to contribute we may not know exactly how but he's going to contribute and I look at their signees in the class of 2023 obviously Taylor Heim is the example that probably stands out the most just because he was the late ad he was the lone national signing day addition to this class but Cade McIntyre is a guy that we've talked about maybe having a future on both sides of the ball. OU was the only program that recruited him on the offensive side of the ball. Everybody else wanted him to play linebacker, and I'm not entirely convinced he doesn't end up playing linebacker by the end of his career at the high school or at the collegiate level. Excuse me. Jacoby Johnson had offers to play both ways, as did Samuel Masigo. Eric McCarty did literally everything for yeah. McAllister. And and he's an example of kind of what we're talking about here, at least I think. Yeah, and, you know, Omasigo was always going to play linebacker at OU, but I think when you look at Johnson and you look at McCarty, those are two guys that the Oklahoma staff took commitments from without knowing for certain what they were going to do or what they were going to be at the next level. They're going to start Jacoby Johnson on defense. I think he's got a high, higher ceiling on offense. I think he may end up playing receiver before it's all said and done. They're going to start Eric McCarty at safety. I think that's a guy that probably sticks at safety yeah. just because it's a pretty natural fit for his skill set, but he had power five offers to play running back. Uh, he was a guy that could have bulked up, may still bulk up and play linebacker down the line if that's what they need. Certainly could factor into the picture at Cheetah. So, Yes, you look at Oklahoma's class, and obviously there are going to be some guys that you have to shoehorn into singular positions, right? Your quarterback, you're going to want a guy that <laughs> all he's doing at the high school level is throwing the ball, most years at least. Um, but for for what this Oklahoma class looks like with 26 signees as we move from 2023 into 2024 and these guys go through winter workouts or, in the case of the late enrollees, get here in June I do really like the versatility that has been cultivated within this class because I think it gives this staff options down the road right if, if they're short a linebacker they can tell Cade McIntyre hey you know what and the story that runs on the promos for the last couple of weeks about Bob Stoops and Lane Johnson sure. right the anecdote that Bob Stoops told we're short a few offensive linemen. We need to move Lane Johnson there. We need to bulk him up because we need him at that position. Who's to say you don't run into a situation like that with somebody like McIntyre or Eric McCarty down the line? Yeah, and and when I try to you know make the point about, hey, I think Brent just kind of has a similar philosophy as Bob did about I don't really care if they're necessarily – you know, one position or the other, like if they're athletic, like we'll figure it out. I tend to bring up like the the low three stars, like the guys that, you know, you get them in the program for a couple of years, they're really athletic, they can turn into something. I, I tend to bring up Heim and Hine and McCarty. But a great example of that, Parker, is none other than your highest ranked recruit because they offered P.J. Adabare before P.J. Adabare was even thought of as a five-star prospect. So when I make the point about Brent Vittables and the staff thinking that way, I think you can look at the five-star edge player they have, P.J. Adabare. They loved his size. They loved his length. His, I mean, they loved everything about him. They offered him, and then that's when he started to get some notoriety. So I think you can even look at that situation and say, yeah, they'll, they, they, if they like a kid physically, they'll, they'll offer him. They'll take a chance. <laughs> regardless of um, where the star rating's at. I'm hearing some real nice things about P.J. Adebarre as far as well, workouts sure. are concerned, as far as his readiness to be able to jump in and contribute off the bat. Because it, it's no surprise to anybody that knows and has watched P.J., right? He's The physical traits are ones that you don't see 
in every single recruiting class, least of all at a place like the University of Oklahoma that just has not been able to sign a defensive five-star in recent yeah. years. Uh, 405-651-3439. Hit it up on the Air Cover Solutions text line. Your website, 24-7 Sports, has projected Big 12 win totals. Uh, tell me if, the, if any of these catch your eye. Uh, Tech, 8-4 and four next year. They've got Oregon at home. No OU on the schedule. Okay, I can see it. T- I-, I can see that as well, actually. TCU at 9-3. and three. Eh. I expect a, a bit of a step back for I'd them. I'd say seven or eight wins for them. Kansas State at 9-3 and three next year. Okay, that I, th- I could see that that's one. That's reasonable. Uh, Baylor at 8-4. and four. Very okay. reasonable I'm, for Baylor, Yeah, I'm I think. okay with that. Oklahoma State at 6-6. Six and six. That might be generous. Well, I, <laughs> if they don't win in Tempe in week two, then that is probably going to be generous, 6-6. Six and six. Texas at 10-2. I, I, I don't see I it, mean, man. I, I, I mean, I don't see it. Texas hasn't won double-digit games in a regular season since they went to the national championship game in 2009. Correct. And they've got a road game in Tuscaloosa in their non-conference. So that means you're telling me that they're going to go – Eight and one in the league next year. I'm not. I'm not buying that. And one. are we? Are we still buying Quinn Ewers stock? Is anyone still buying Quinn Ewers no, stock? No, but that's that's what's so confusing is no one is buying Quinn Ewers stock. Yet I see Texas projected for ten wins for the first time since 2009. Okay, but I understand Texas always gets hype. But if we're not buying Quinn Ewers stock, what are we buying about Texas going into next year? You know what I'm buying about Texas? The exact same thing I buy every year with regard to that program, which is that they're going to underwhelm. The media as a whole has projected Texas to win 10 games probably every season, literally since 2009. This is always the year that Texas is going to take the next step, right? And it just never happens. So until it happens, I'll be wrong because they exceed expectations, not because they underwhelm again. Yeah, I would feel more comfortable about, like, do you believe Texas is going to be better this next year than they were last year? They were an 8-4 team last year. I guess technically, what, 8-5 and five with the bowl loss? But without B. John Robinson, without Roshan Johnson, Without some of the other players that they lost, are we just totally sure that they're going to be better than they were a year ago? Well, and that's that's the big question to me. Who plays running back for that program? Who probably Cedric Baxter, man. Well, honestly, like who do you have? Who can you plug and play at that position such that your offensive solvency does not squarely rest on the shoulders of Quinn Ewers? Because if it does, then you're not winning ten games. You're not winning eight games next Bingo. year. I mean, I, I I saw I saw with my own eyes. It did not happen in the Cotton Bowl. But I saw it happen in Stillwater. Like Texas lost that game because of Quinn Ewers. Now you can put it on the coaching staff for not running the ball enough with Bijan Robinson, but Quinn Ewers had some awful, awful misthrows last year. And then uh, Oklahoma at nine and three projected Big Twelve win total, which I said earlier. Like that's I, again, that's my benchmark for this team. They I, need to win nine. They games. They need to win nine games. I don't think nine wins, even though it's a three game improvement from last year. In my eyes, that won't be considered a success because I think that this schedule is so favorable, you need to at least win 10 games. You need to at least win 10. I think so, too. I think for me, if you don't get to 10, I have concerns because there are three games on that schedule to me that present legitimate challenges. Texas, BYU on the road, and then your season finale at home against TCU. The other nine games ought to be wins if you take care of business and you don't beat yourself. 
So yeah, I agree. I would say if Oklahoma doesn't win double-digit games, uh, we probably need to have a larger conversation. Sure. And I'm not necessarily talking about Brent Venables and holding him accountable for not meeting expectations. I'm just saying that if Oklahoma doesn't get to 10 wins – in 2023, we might need to legitimately reset expectations for this football program until they prove that they can get to a certain threshold. It's not a it's not a great sign going into the SEC if you can't win ten games with this schedule. Yep. If you don't win ten games with this schedule, I'm going to be very concerned about what the immediate future is going to look like. Your first couple of years in the SEC because it's about to get a whole lot tougher. If you're one that enjoys the soft schedule, enjoy it while it lasts, because you're not going to have a schedule like this for a long time. And like I've said a couple times already, you'll never have a schedule that's favorable. One storyline I want to bring up from last week's round of rankings updates shortly before National Signing Day is, you remember, gosh, what was it? Eight? No, it was April of last year because it was at the spring game. You remember the day of the spring game last year when Bill Biedenboe offered an unranked kid a zero star kid from up in new jersey uh vaguely yes uh-huh. that yeah. would have been logan howland who at the time had not played offensive tackle at all he had played tight end and defensive end to that point in his high school career logan howland with last week's round of rankings updates picked up his composite fourth star oh nice good eval yeah and the beaten bow haters are in shambles as they typically You are. know what? I do remember that because, you know, recruiting at that time, it, there just wasn't a whole lot of commits left and right. And people were starting to get concerned about this staff's ability to recruit. Remember three-star U that was going on on the text line? And then, yes, they offered an offensive lineman with zero stars and people were freaking out. But that one, it aged yeah, it the aged narrative was all four-star. Be a beating bow scraping wh- the bottom of the What middle. are his measurables? Is he six seven? Is that six, what he seven. is? Yeah, God, and hey, man. every every inch is six seven too. Yeah. We're talking elite measurables. Six seven, about two eighty. Once you put twenty, twenty five pounds on him, as Jerry Schmidt will, that's a guy that has the physical tools to be a multi year starter and an all conference type of guy at offensive tackle. So for everybody that said Beatonbow was scraping the bottom of the barrel last April when he made the offer to Logan Howland. Turns out Bill Biedenboe knows a little bit more than the casual fan. Jim in, uh, Jim in Arlington says, I wonder what Greg McElroy's win total is for OU. Well, he did say that their schedule is tougher than Texas, which I don't, for the life of me, I don't get. Texas plays at Alabama. OU plays at Tulsa. No offense, Golden Hurricane, but I just think trying to make the point that OU's schedule is a lot more manageable than Texas. What does Texas's schedule look like? Offhand, I do not remember like what their big challenges are. Well, they they have to play Baylor. They've got to play Houston. But like, here's the deal: like OU, to me, why it's so manageable is that they don't have to play Kansas State. They yep. don't have to play Texas Tech. Well, I think Tech's probably going to be pretty good, and they don't have to play Baylor, who I think is going to be better than they were a year ago. Like, and no Houston. No Houston is on there. I think UCF's going to be the best out of the four new teams, but you get them at home. Sure, you play TCU on a short week, but you get them at home at the tail end of year two versus at the very front of year two. Like I, I think that we should see a lot of growth with this program throughout next year. It's a big difference in playing in OU. should be between September and your last game of the year. should be a lot of growth that happens. OU should be a pretty tough team 
by the end of November next year. They ought to be. I can't wait for the season opener when Dylan Gabriel goes 25 of 32 for 315 yards and four touchdowns, but he misses Drake Stoops on a wheel route, mm. and the fans crucify him publicly. Jackson Arnold chance. OU needs to at least win 10 games. That's from the 918. Uh, every loss last year, but Texas and TCU were self defeats. That's from the nine one eight. That's pr- that's very true, actually. Yeah, uh, four oh five. You guys forget, according to media, Manning is the savior. Yeah, Arch well, Manning, listen, yes. I, if Arch comes in and plays day one, I'm just gonna have to be wrong, because especially with the leap in the level of competition that he's going to face. And keep in mind, this is where the fact that. Arch has not gone to any camps or elite showcases comes into play. He has arguably no frame of reference for what he's getting himself into as far as that jump in the level of competition. It's not like he's done seven on seven and has had to throw against elite defensive backs who can close on the ball with speed. Like like, uh, Jackson Arnold played against John Tay Cook this year. He played against other high-level Division I talent, and that's your point. Just the camps. Like, Arnold was exposed to that. Nico was exposed to that. Dante Moore was exposed to that. He's really the only five-star quarterback that wasn't, and he didn't play at a high level in Louisiana high school football. No, he didn't. And that's why I think the expectation is completely unrealistic that Arch is going to come in and play for Texas in year one. Because, trust me, when every defensive back on the field runs a 4-5, you're not going to be able to make all the same throws that you could make at Isidore Newman. Yeah, Camo Sooner, I'm really enjoying Locked In Evening Edition. Thank you. Uh, Kit, one more before we hit a break. Can you discuss some of the PWO's offers and who you think have a good chance of contributing? In the short term, nobody. There's no Gavin Freeman in that PWO class. But in the long term, I've said it a couple times, I really like Drew Batt, the six foot eight offensive lineman out of Turpin. To me, that he may end up being like a poor man's Logan Howland, a guy that if you beef him up uh, and if he gets to the point where He's strong enough to hold up against Power 5 edge rushers. You could see him work his way into the two deep or even onto the field. And then I think a guy like Chapman McCown, certainly a guy like Brandon Harper, because of those guys' uh, speed factor, they may end up contributing on special teams at the very least down the line. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More OU football next. Keep it locked on the ref. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. Now you can't beat that. Be sure to check out the lineups for Buick and GMC and get top dollar for your trade. So take a little drive to big savings. Dorsey Jones at TCU, and I was like, I think that's it. He said, I can't remember, so he's going to the Jim Thorpe Award Ceremony. Not 100% sure on who won the award. But it was Hodges Tomlinson. It was Travis Hodges Tomlinson, yes. That is LT's nephew? Is that who that is? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think LT. It didn't occur to me that there might be a familiar connection there. But obviously LT went to TCU. Yeah, and And he he did the coin toss with Matt Stafford, I think, in the national championship game. Because remember, everyone was like, what's LT wearing? What's what's going on with this guy? What's going on here? Uh, On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh, gosh, where did that text go? It was there. Which we one? go from the nine one eight. Why do we not talk about Todd Bates not showing up slash underperforming in recruiting? Uh oh. Okay, I. 
this bothers me and has bothered me because people have tried to start this discourse. And I will be honest, it is completely idiotic to be putting the underperformer label on Todd Bates as far as his work as a recruiter after one season at Oklahoma because I would refer you to the career arc of one DeMarco Murray who landed exactly zero running backs his first recruiting cycle on staff at Oklahoma. Of course, the infamous Kamar Wheaton fiasco is how he ended up high and dry in the class of 2021. As we sit here two and a half years later, Tyler, is there any question that DeMarco Murray is capable of recruiting? Two four stars um, the past two years, and two of those guys are going to be your one-two next year, which could be absolutely Maybe the best running back duo in the conference. Yeah, next year. and not to mention the fact that he leads for like five or six blue chip guys in the class of 2024 right now, too. So, again, if we're going to say Todd Bates didn't get DJ Hicks and, and Jordan that's where Renaud, that well, that's where that's coming from. Mostly DJ Hicks. Exactly. If we're going to say Todd Bates didn't get DJ Hicks and Jordan Renaud in 2023, therefore he underperforms as a recruiter. A I would say, can we please look beyond the year 2023 and be mindful of Bates' complete resume as a recruiter and the guys such as Brian Breesey that he recruited to Clemson? And moreover, can we can we please be mindful of the extenuating circumstances? And I know everyone catches my drift that went into his key targets recruitment sure. in the class of 2023. No, I, I'm totally on that side with you. But I, I'd even look at, he, he, does he get credit for Derek LeBlanc technically? With, with that recruitment. He does. Okay, so just that, man. You weren't, before Todd Bates got here, was OU landing uh, players to the caliber of Derek LeBlanc on the defensive line, who's not a homegrown Oklahoma kid. They had to go to the state of Florida to get Derek LeBlanc. I understand that he's not ranked as high as DJ Hicks, and he wasn't a five-star player, but Derek LeBlanc was pretty highly sought after. So, yes, he did not land DJ Hicks. I understand that. It was disappointing, yes. But... For, for the Todd Bates slander to be out there, I think it's pretty it's it's dumb is what it is. Yeah, and Oklahoma Oklahoma would not even have been a contender for Derek LeBlanc were it not for Todd Bates. And, and look, we'll just wait and see what happens this cycle. Four defensive linemen OU's in on in the top nine right now. Four of the top nine defensive linemen. Which, by the way, Travis and I set the over-under at two and a half on how many uh of, of those four that they get in the top nine. Is that too aggressive? Okay, run me through this again. Uh, OU right now, I think they have a good chance of, with four of the top nine defensive linemen in the 2024 class. Okay. We're talking about okay, Winery, okay, okay. we're talking about Stone, we're talking about Sims, and we're talking about, um, oh God, what's the kid? Nigel from, Smith. Nigel Smith, Nigel Smith. Yes. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I wasn't clear exactly who, you, who it was you were talking about, because especially those Winery are, and Nigel Those Smith. four guys yeah. are in the top nine of defensive linemen right now in 24-7. Yeah. Well, and those two, Winery and Nigel Smith, they could realistically fall under the edge classification, which is why it was a, a little unclear there. But no, I, I think right now Oklahoma gets at least two of the four. I would say they end up with two of the four. And... Could they realistically get three of the four? Yes. Now, is that setting expectations a little too high? I think so. I don't know if you should expect to get three of the four. But I think in this cycle, I still feel good about where Oklahoma sits with David Stone. I feel really good about where they sit with Nigel Smith and Zadavian Sims. The big question becomes, can you 
find a way to coax Winnery to Norman because right now Oklahoma, and we talked about it yesterday on Locked In, they're among the contenders. They do not lead. And for Stone, can you hold this thing down amidst all the craziness that is without question going to transpire over the course of that? And not just with Michigan State, with A&M or whatever visits he takes. You know, I I said to Travis earlier, you know, just from – you know, just looking at it from, oh, okay, OU's head-to-head against Michigan State maybe for a couple of these kids. Oh, OU may be head-up against Missouri for one of these kids. Like, that sounds good, but the more I think about it, it's like, man, Missouri's going to throw the kitchen sink at Winnery, <laughs> you know, and Michigan State might do the same thing as well. So it's it's going to be an interesting battle for sure. And the defensive line class, though, has a chance to be – has a chance to be the best defensive line haul that you've had in a long time. That it does. Uh, on the text line, somebody asked, what happened to T.A. Cunningham? OU really hasn't been a player there ever since he made the move to Los Alamitos. Um, gosh, who? what else was I going to hit? There was something else. Um on the text line, I saw it for a second, and then it was gone. But, oh, well, you have it. The, the text line's there on your right screen right there. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, T.A. Cunningham, not really in the picture for Oklahoma. Also, please nobody send a text about King Joseph Edwards. That kid's not coming to Oklahoma. We haven't talked about that name in Good, over because a month. every so often, Easily. I would say every week we get a text about King Joseph Edwards in Oklahoma. That kid uses Oklahoma for interaction on social media. He's not coming to Norman. Oklahoma's not going to get Danny Okoye, the stud edge rusher Just out of got Tulsa a Nebraska Nola. offer. Good for he, Danny. He did get a Nebraska offer. Uh, the edge, the way the edge shapes up is going to be interesting to me because I think Oklahoma is going to have more than a shot at Jay Sean Ross out of Liberty North in Missouri. And the Lumen brothers from Miami, Ty Cool and Ty Clean, they're going to be at Oklahoma for a visit on March 4th. I don't, I don't care what you have to do to secure <laughs> that, but you have to secure that. I don't care what you have to do. Ty Cool and Ty Clean, th- come on, Parker, the, the, poten- the possibilities there. Or endless. Oh man, cool like, and clean. That's 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 you know, made for nil. Yeah, God, I was about to say you NIL. know nil is front oh, and center geez. around the recruiting pitches for every for every single school that's recruiting those two, and it has nothing to do with their value as football players. Even though they are really good, it has everything to do with their names. Did Decoldus Crawford even play a down at Nebraska last year? Yeah, I know he got he, hurt, but he had one of the more memorable nil commercials a year ago. He did, and I don't think he ever played a yeah. down at Nebraska. To answer your question. Text line, what if we have a flip-flop next year and Quinn Ewers gets hurt so Arch has to play against OU and he can't throw the ball five yards and OU wins 69 to nothing? Hashtag dream scenario. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't if OU can run it up 69 to nothing on Texas next year, by God, they'll do it. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I like Oklahoma over Texas this coming season. I think the Sooners win that game. I think they get revenge. But – no doubt, I'm sure many Sooner fans would like to see Oklahoma return the favor in kind after the beatdown that was 49 to nothing. Um, I don't even want to read this. I'm going to read it real quick so we can move on, though. Heard we were going to have the best D-line class last year. Saw how that went. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to go ahead and include the edge on the defensive line. You weren't happy with P.J. Adebore and Derek LeBlanc and the other defensive linemen you got. No, it wasn't the best in the country, but it's better than what you had been getting by a long shot. People, and here's the thing. 
I understand that it's kind of deflecting the conversation away from the interior. And yeah, Oklahoma could have recruited theoretically a better class on the interior. And a lot they of- had the number four class. Are we really going to complain or find reasons to complain about the highest ranked recruiting class in the modern era for and that's OU? My thing. Are we God. seriously going to nitpick? When they out-recruited every single school in the class of 2023 except Alabama and Georgia and, of course, Texas. Now, It's amazing. Are Jeez. we just, just going to act like P.J. Adebare doesn't exist? And no, he, plays, he doesn't play defensive tackle. He plays defensive end. But you don't think that guy is going to be an absolute force in the trenches for your program over the next three to four years? You are sorely mistaken. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, whatever. I'll move off that, but it's still unbelievable to me. Um, here's uh, 10 bowl predictions from your boys over there at 24-7 Sports. How about this for a bowl prediction? And this is bold, all right. Wisconsin is next season's Tennessee. Wisconsin was 7-6 and six in 2022, the same record as Tennessee the previous campaign, and they're saying with a new coaching staff, dodging um, Penn State and Michigan, getting Ohio State at home, that Wisconsin in year one of Luke Fickle is going to make a similar run as to what, T- or to what Tennessee did last year. It's definitely a bold take, but I don't see Wisconsin being the next year's Tennessee, last year's Tennessee, whatever. Yeah, let's not set too let's not expectations too high for Wisconsin, just because I feel like the discourse surrounding Wisconsin this offseason is going to be similar to the conversations that we all were having about Oklahoma going into year one under Venables, because there is so much new not just in terms of personnel, but philosophically for that program. They brought in Phil Longo, the former offensive coordinator at North Carolina, to radically revamp the way that offense is played at the University of Wisconsin. And there's no guarantee that it's going to take root in the Big Ten West. It might, and it could be revolutionary. But it's equally as likely that that program gets run into the ground by the meat grinder that is the Big Ten West, a whole bunch of programs that have their foundations rooted in strong defense and a willingness to play slow, very unsexy, smash-mouth football. Let's go rapid-fire with some of these. K. Klubnick, not Jordan Travis, is the ACC's top player. Uh, I'll allow it. Garrett Riley better work some magic out there. Yeah, I, I I would still bet on Jordan Travis, but I don't think that's an asinine take. Yeah, Hugh Freeze garters SEC Coach of the Year attention at Auburn. Auburn's no. going to have to rebuild that roster no. rather quickly. Disagree. And who's going to be their quarterback next year? That's a big question. Texas plays for playoff berth in the Big Twelve title game. What the hell are we doing this again? Yes, we are doing it again. No, Notre Dame falls out of the preseason top ten by midseason. Wait, wait Notre Dame. Yeah, they got to play Ohio State early on in the shoe. Well, actually, okay, they'll, well, they'll play that that game at home. I I I would not have Notre Dame as a preseason top ten team. Now, I don't think they'll be bad. I just wouldn't have them in my preseason. Georgia top 10. starts three quarterbacks, still finishes twelve and zero in the in the regular season. Carson Beck, Brock Vandegriff, and Gunnar Stockton all start games. Brock Vandegrift say, will not start. A I, game. I don't think three quarterbacks are going to start a game for no. Georgia. Brock Vandegrift will not two, start. Two, okay, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can get there with two, but not, not three quarterbacks. They'll have it. They'll have it buttoned up a little bit tighter than that. They're not going to start three quarterbacks. <laughs> is it going to be Gunnar Stockton? It could be Gunnar Stockton that is that program's starting quarterback, and that's my big question for Georgia because I, I'm not going to doubt coming off back to back national championships 
that Kirby Smart is going to have his defense in order. My question is, who's playing quarterback? Because I don't know if you have an option that you are half as confident in as you were in Stetson Bennett. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. More OU football right here on The Ref. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Parents, do you want your team to be a safe driver? Enroll them today in Oklahoma's free online Work Zone Safe course for teen drivers at www.workzonesafe.com. Your team will learn to be a safe driver in a work zone and be eligible to win scholarships, sports tickets, and more. Visit www.workzonesafe.com to learn more and enroll your team today. Workzonesafe.com. After an amazing run to the College World Series Finals. It's got a chance. Track. Wall. Gone. Skip Johnson and the boys are back and poised for another run to Omaha. Got him. Swing and catch the entire 2023 season right here on the Ref 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, and on the go anywhere in the world on the KREF app. And you can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the barn. The home of Sooner fans and your flagship station for Sooner baseball. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Do you know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. Sooner fans, for a limited time, order a Book It bundle from Pizza Hut and receive a free book for young readers with your order at participating locations. Visit the deals page at PizzaHut.com to build your bundle of two large single-topping pizzas plus an order of breadsticks. Pizza Hut will donate $1 from every purchase to provide access to books and educational resources. Pizza Hut, the official pizza of the Sooners. After an amazing run to the College World Series Finals. It's got a chance. Track. Wall. Gone. Skip Johnson and the boys are back and poised for another run to Omaha. Got him. Swing and catch the entire 2023 season right here on the Ref 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, and on the go anywhere in the world on the KREF app. And you can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the board. The home of Sooner fans and your flagship station for Sooner baseball. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Caring for an aged loved one can be challenging. Let us help your family. At Arbor House Assisted Living and Memory Care in Norman, we offer a safe and loving environment with a full-time licensed nurse, medication assistance, emergency call system, along with housekeeping and laundry services. Come tour our beautiful community. Call 405-292-9200 or visit us online at arborhouseliving.com. We want to help your family so you can be part of ours. 
For more than 45 years, Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner has been a favorite of Sooner fans everywhere. It's where you will find all the latest Sooner gear for men, women, children, and even your dog. From hats and tees to shorts and socks, they have you covered from head to toe with great brands like Jordan, Nike, Antigua, Champion, Game Day Couture, and many others. Balfour also has everything you need to let your Sooner pride shine with Oklahoma auto and golf accessories, home and garden items, tailgating supplies, and photos of Sooner greats. You can support OU basketball, gymnastics, baseball, softball, or any of our other Sooner teams and dress the part with the great selection at Balfour. Independently owned, Jerry and Libby thank you for your continued support and encourage you to shop local whenever you can, including Oklahoma merchandise from Balfour, or shop online from wherever you are at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner. Teachers shape the future. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who'll make preventing pandemics their life's work. Sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who'll help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who'll be the first in their family to graduate college. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, we are inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Notre Dame looking for an offensive coordinator, and the scuttlebutt is that Byron Lefwich, former Marshall quarterback, former offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Bucks, is a various, very serious candidate to be the next OC at Notre Dame. Well, if you can't beat the Marshall Thundering Herd, Join Get them. one of their own to be your oh, offensive yeah. coordinator, right? Didn't they lose to Marshall in Week 2 last year at home they after that Ohio indeed. State loss? That yeah. was a thing that happened. Mm. It's tough. It's tough. Lose to Marshall at home. They lost their first two or three games under – well, they lost their first ever game with Freeman because he lost the Fiesta Bowl to OSU. Yes. Second game was Ohio State. Third was Marshall. I think in the fourth game they finally picked up their first win. I guess like Stanford it maybe. It was, it was a Cal. Cal. Yeah, they started okay. 0-3 – well, 0-2. They started 0-2, 0-3 under Freeman and then beat Cal. Uh, let's see. Wisconsin ain't going anywhere. That move to a spread offense will be a disaster. Mark it down. As a Nebraska fan, I love it. Says a texture in the 405. Sheesh. Zane says on the text line, people asking why Bates can't recruit. Meanwhile, Bates is probably asking why the Oklahoma job doesn't attract defensive tackles. Sure, he recruited great defensive tackles before he came to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma hadn't in a decade, but Bates is the problem. Keep attacking him, though, guys. I'm sure we can do way better if you drive him away. And that's another thing to keep in mind here is the fact that Oklahoma does not have a sterling defensive reputation as things stand. Now, that's, the, the perception is changing, naturally, under the leadership of Brent Venables, and they're starting to attract top-flight defensive talent. But you talk about interior defensive linemen in particular, yeah, who's the last big-time guy that Oklahoma can say, yeah, come be the next – XYZ. It's Gerald McCoy, Tyler. Well, and not even just that. Like, yes, like, and some of you are texting in, well, we're going to the SEC. We got to have the big, nasty defensive lineman. Well, no, what I want to, you know what I want to say here. Everyone knows that. And I think OU is, you know, I, I think in this 2024 class, you're going to start to see not one of those guys, but I think more than one of those guys in this 2024 class. I think it's coming. 
But I think to show that they're already making strides in defensive line recruiting, they're in on guys right now that I think three, four, five years ago, they wouldn't be in on, Parker. If you want to talk about a Derek LeBlanc from the state of Florida, OU's not in on that recruitment if it's not for Todd Bates and it's not for the staff. So, yes, you want to see them close on big-time interior defensive linemen. I want to see him close on big-time interior defensive linemen. We all do. What I'm telling you is I don't think that you're going to have to wait very long for multiple of you know that type of player to, to sign with OU. I think it's going to happen with this class. But they are in on some players that they wouldn't have been in on in the past. Like I think that that already shows that they're a much more formidable staff recruiting defensive linemen than they were before. Agreed, and I think – Here's what. Here's another angle to this whole. Deal. And maybe people don't want to hear this. I understand. I didn't expect so, to have but, this fight today. But no, I, I really didn't either. But in the era of the transfer portal, I'm gonna say it because it's true. Finishing second in a recruitment means more than it used to. Because let's say Jordan Renaud doesn't like it at Alabama. You know who he's gonna call the second he decides to leave. Todd freaking Bates and the University of Oklahoma. So being in on these recruitments is, yes, it's a step towards being able to land them, certainly, and you're going to have to be okay with incremental growth when you're experiencing such a radical culture and philosophy shift as Oklahoma has over the last year and a half. But also, some of these guys that you get close to getting but don't quite get, that may not be the end of the ordeal as far as they're concerned. I'm trying to think of an example right now, a guy that had a lot of interest in Oklahoma in high school, chose to go somewhere else. J.J. Hester, there's a perfect example. J.J. Hester decides he doesn't like it at Missouri. He needs a different vibe. He gets in the portal. Who's he on the phone with? His buddy L.D. Washington trying to come back home to Oklahoma. There are going to be situations like that and more and more of them in the years ahead. Sure. We will definitely have to get through that first four games of the uh, season undefeated next year, says Anthony and McAllister. Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, and Cincinnati, group of five central right there. I wholeheartedly agree. I think, Anthony, I think you got to get to the bye week, which is after the Texas game. I think it's the week after the Texas game. It is. You are correct. No worse. Like, it. One loss at the very minimum. Agreed. One loss at the. If you have more than one loss going into the bye week, something's very, very wrong. You should not have more. I, I think that you, you you should be undefeated going into the bye week, but your only loss should be to Texas at that point if you have one. And to me, there's there's really no excuse if you are less than five and zero heading into the Red River Showdown because yes, you should beat four Group of Five opponents. And you should beat Iowa State. What does Iowa State have going for them right now? Virtually nothing. You handled that program in Ames with relative ease this past season, despite having your worst years of program in a quarter century. So if you're not 5-0 and heading into the Red River Showdown, I'm worried. Well, you said they handled them with relative ease. In terms of how they beat everyone that they – yeah, out of the six wins that they had, yes, it was relative ease, but – even that one didn't feel like relative ease last year with the fake field goal they had to execute and everything. But, yeah, I don't think Iowa State's going to be some great team. Somebody on the text line said, yeah, it worked out great being second for Kamar Wheaton. 
Are you serious? He's, Ten, a, guy, he's yeah, go, at SMU go right show, now. Yeah, go show me what Kamar Wheaton did as a he sophomore He never played at, at Alabama. You should be thanking – you should be grateful that you didn't win that recruitment. And he's barely played at SMU. And the path to playing time for him just gets more and more difficult because SMU just keeps bringing in more and more backs. You know why? Because <laughs> turns out Kamar Wheaton isn't that good. Jeez. Fourth overall recruiting class. Guys like Wilt Fong is saying um, – OU and Alabama, his favorite recruiting classes, like all the uh, recruiting experts are very high on this class, and yet we still have some major pushback. And in one text, you know, someone that's been, you know, making the point against Todd Bates is like, I'm not trying to argue, I'm just tired of having crappy defenses. Everyone's tired of having crappy defenses. Here's the thing, I don't think it's going to be as crappy this year. Like, people are concerned about the interior defensive line recruiting yeah sure I it's got to get better I think it'll get better they did add some depth on the defensive line did they add a game changer in the portal on the defensive line I, I don't necessarily think so we'll see what happens but the I, I do think that they'll be better up front on the D-line like th- there's no reason why this defense shouldn't be better next year it absolutely should be and I think it will be it will be and it will be because early in the season when you're playing a G5 schedule through four games, guess what? You're going to have the opportunity to feel good about yourself as a defense. You're going to have some performances that you can build momentum off of and build that confidence. What a day, man. Oof. Or what a final hour, I guess. I, I, the trouble started once you walked in here. So really? I don't, I don't know. I, just, I think I might be ready to blame you. Me? I don't know. It's like the message boards literally made its way on the text line oh, here gosh. this final hour. So thanks people, for that. People hear my voice, and they think they're on OU Insider. 405-651-3439. One final segment of The Rush coming up next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. When we look back, let's be proud of what we've become. Stronger and wiser. More caring and patient more prepared, and more resilient than ever before. At First United Bank, we're here to help make sure that when we look back, we'll see that we not only survived, but that we're ready to thrive. And that's something we can all look forward to. Riverwind is the best place to play this February. With all of your favorite games and the best service. Plus our $75,000 Love to Getaway giveaway. Earn entries for your chance to win cash, prizes, and travel vouchers. And five times entries on Thursdays and Sundays with drawings on the 11th and 25th. So if you want to get away, it's time to come to Riverwind. You're simply the best. Sooner fans. For a limited time, order a Book It bundle from Pizza Hut and receive a free book for young readers with your order at participating locations. Visit the deals page at PizzaHut.com to build your bundle of two large single-topping pizzas plus an order of breadsticks. Pizza Hut will donate $1 from every purchase to provide access to books and educational resources. Pizza Hut, the official pizza of the Sooners. But the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them. 
every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Watching football, riding his motorcycle, and of course playing cards with his friends were just some of the many hobbies that Dad had. When he passed away, the staff at Primrose assisted us in capturing the essence of Dad's life. The caring and personal touch that they provided my family will be remembered for many years. I encourage you to call Primrose today at 321-6000 to allow them to assist your family just the way they did mine. When the game is on the line, you need a team that you can count on. When injuries occur, you can count on the one team that knows sports medicine. Norman Regional's Ortho Central is your premier team of orthopedic specialists. With five highly trained orthopedic surgeons, three fellowship trained sports medicine physicians, and locations in Norman, Newcastle, and Midwest City, we'll work hard to get you back in the game. Ortho Central, number one in sports medicine and orthopedic care. Call 405-360-6764 and schedule an appointment today. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. <laughs> a heads up before something bad happens. You should not send that text. Uh-oh. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can reverse pre-diabetes and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey Sooners, I'm OU alum James Spann, founder of Boyd Street Ventures. We're a Norman-based venture capital firm that invests in innovative, under-the-radar Oklahoma startups. We also help them grow faster and target above-average returns. And you can use your IRA for your investment, so it couldn't be easier to diversify your portfolio and support your fellow Sooners. Boyd Street Ventures, under the radar, above the crowd. Check us out at BoydStreetVentures.com. Boomer! What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Oklahoma high school sports. This message presented by the OSSAA and the Oklahoma Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different.